0: We do a podcast? What the
3: fuck? Huh. This is Nicolas Cage. It's come to my attention there is now a new Ghost Rider. A young mechanic named Robert Reyes. Of course, I wasted no time in asking the fanholes to put out the word that I was interested in portraying this Latino teenager on screen. My wrinkled skin and thinning hair belie the quality of my acting talent. What do you think, Sam? Uh, sorry, Nick, but you've done two Ghost Rider movies already. I'd say you used up all your power. It's time to say goodbye. No, Sam, no! I can do this! I already lit my car on fire. I'm good. I mean, my car's on fire, but I'm good. oh uh, why don't you give me your car keys, Nick? I think you've had enough.
2: No! Not the keys! Ah!
1: Hey guys, welcome back to another exciting episode of Fanholes Podcast. Tonight we have a very special episode for you guys. We're going to be discussing some Marvel comics. And the reason we're going to be discussing some different Marvel comic series is that we've noticed our good friend Tony Jackson has been getting back into reading comics lately. And as Justin had pointed out, most of the comics that Tony had been getting into, Scarlet Spider, the exception... He's mostly been getting into a lot of DC books. He's read a bunch of Demon Knights. He's been really hyped up on Earth, too, if you've listened to some of his awesome things of the week. And he's also been reading Batman Eternal. So we thought that it was time for Operation Make Tony a Marvel Zombie. So what we did was all of us fanholes who were on the podcast tonight picked out some Marvel Now Comics for Tony to check out and give his thoughts on. So, before we get started any further, this is Derek, Derek WC. I'm going to be one of your hosts tonight, and joining me tonight are three of my fellow fan holes. So, why don't you give a shout out, guys, and let everybody know who's here?
0: Hey, it's Mike Thunderwing.
1: I am the
2: Inhuman, Justin.
0: I usually go by Tony or Chainclaw, but tonight, you can just call me the guinea pig. <laughs> Dance, pig. Dance. <laughs> Squeal.
1: You want some jealous? No,
2: I don't want none of your stupid candy.
1: So we are going to start with what was my pick for Tony, which was the all-new Ghost Rider. And the first arc of the all-new Ghost Rider is titled Engines of Vengeance. It is written by Felipe Smith, and it has art from Trad Moore. And this is... As the title says, an all new Ghost Rider. So it's not John Blaze and it's not Danny Ketch. It is a new character named Robbie Reyes. Now, when this first happened, I was like, "Dear God, I can't take any more Transforma Flux changes in my life." <laughs> and I was pretty sure I was not going to like this series. But after reading the first issue and continuing to read the series, I actually really enjoyed the series and it grew on me. Um, Basically, Robbie Reyes is a kid who lives in East L.A., and he's got a little brother to look out for named Gabe, and his brother is wheelchair-bound. And kind of like how I, I really came to appreciate and love Camille Bidon for punching jerks in the face, one of the first things that Robbie does is, in defending his brother from a bunch of street toughs, he just smacks one of them right in the face. Um, when they're trying to, like, take away his comic books and mess around with them in his wheelchair. And at this point, I, I just kind of fell in love with him defending his brother. And even though Robbie ends up getting beat up by most of those guys, his brother is still kind of like, you, you help me out, bro. Like, you're the best, bro. And so it was kind of a lovable relationship. And Robbie Reyes also works as a uh, assistant
0: mechanic
1: And there's this hot-rotted car there that he ends up taking out for a joyride one night. And that's when he basically becomes imbued with the powers of the Spirit of Vengeance, the the all-new Ghost Rider, who is driving that hot-rotted, Fast and the Furious-style car. And for some reason, which I don't really understand, and maybe they'll get into this later, the Spirit of Vengeance's name, spoilers, is Eli, so I don't know what was up with that, but I thought that was worth mentioning. And uh, basically, Robbie is brought into confrontation with kind of old school ghostwriter Rider nemeses such as Mr. Hyde. So Mr. Hyde's out there thinking he's going to get the corner on the L.A. market as all the superheroes and supervillains seem to hang their hat in New York City. So... Basically, that's, that's kind of the basic setup. Um, I guess me having a theater background, the only other thing I can mention is the relationship between Robbie and Gabe actually kind of reminds me of the Lyle Kessler play called Orphans. And that's kind of it's kind of similar there's an older brother that's looking out for the younger brother there in the play it's a little more abusive i guess or or kind of you know it's got a lot more drama and tension and stuff but still the the basic premise it it reminded me a lot more of that kind of like if if the larry's were together they're like okay larry what do you got for me it's like it's like fast and the furious meets ghost rider meets orphans larry (laughs) you know and that, that was kind of like i don't know that's a weird elevator pitch but that's that's kind of how I pitch it to people. So that's basically what I got as far as the setup goes. But I'm going to turn it over to Tony because, of course, like he mentioned, he's our guinea pig. So we're kind of curious, you know, as to what he thought of our picks for him and if he's uh, interested in continuing to read the comic. So what's up, Tony? Let us know what you thought.
0: Um, Well, I really went into this uh, series blind. I didn't know what to expect at all because, I know you're a big Ghost Rider fan, and I was like, okay, yeah, another guy would, like, flame a skull on a bike. Okay, let's do this. And I never hated Ghost Rider. I think he's a really cool-looking character. Uh, Nick Cage, obviously, kind of, you know, did some damage. Um, (laughs) What? Tony, Tony, (laughs) his skull was on far. On far. (laughs) (laughs) So
2: I I was kind of, you know, kind of wary. Um Wait, one would you things, would you say uh, those movies used up all your power for Ghost Rider?
0: There's all my power. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. <bad. laughs> Quit reading. <laughs> um but one thing uh, I think uh, Derek didn't uh, mention too much, but I love I love the art style on this book. It's very yeah. it's like a it's, it's like a guy who does tattoos and the colorist does all these great bright colors and stuff and it really like threw me, I was like this is pretty badass looking. And Ghost Rider looks nothing like his previous incarnations. He looks like a skull, but kind of this like almost H.R. Gigerish like techno skull, and he's got this like hole in his head that like spews fire. Very cool. Very cool. Um, yeah, see,
1: it seemed it? like he was designed more like like an automobile almost. Like he, he kind of had like his head was an engine, like a skull engine or something.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's a really cool new look, and also I guess one of the elephants in the room for like old fuddy duddies. It didn't bother me at all. Ghost Rider drives a car in this. He doesn't drive a motorcycle. And I love the car, because it reminds me so much of, like, Knight Rider and that old 80s movie The Wraith and stuff. Like, it'll get destroyed and just form back together and... It's just... I, felt, I felt
1: like there's, like, cool moments, like, whether it's, like, if, if you think of the movie Carrie, but it was kind of like if I was doing a Larry elevator pitch again, I'd pitch it as, like, Carrie meets Nightmare on Elm Street, like, those scenes where, like, Freddy would, like, come through the wall and stuff, and there are these weird moments where, like, the spirit of vengeance is actually inside the car yeah, and it kind of, like, like the roof and stuff out of the roof and the engine and everything and I was like, man, that, that would be some really cool imagery to, to put in a film or whatever.
0: Yeah, one, one thing I was talking about with you earlier this uh, week was, like, the teen thing but actually I don't think it's so much a teen thing. I think one of the things a lot of people have noticed with recent comics and we'll go into this later on with other titles that I read is, you know, everybody's talking about ethno-switching and the thing about it is, it's not really ethno-switching if it's a brand new character, like, when they made Kingpin a black guy a Daredevil, I didn't care. I thought Michael Clark Duncan knocked it out of the park. When you do a character well, it's okay. When you do like the fucking stupid ass Nick Fury Jr. bullshit, yeah, that's just a bad story. It's not because he's a black guy. It's just a bad story. And this was really well done. I I'm, I'm like you. I love the interaction between uh, you know Reyes and his brother. That was really well done. I, I, I you know, because he's basically raising his brother. You know, it's basically just him and his brother. There's no, you know, family to speak of, and that was really nice human touches. Um, they live in a shitty part of town. I mean, yeah,
1: you know, well, they're in they're in East L.A.
0: So yeah, you know, the whole spirit of vengeance, you know, thing is easier to get under his skin because you know he's like you see shit happening all the time. You know, you can fix it. You can be justice. You know, you can be vengeance and. You know, he he's not like, you know, like I must fight this. He's like, I don't know Yeah, let's go do this. You know. <laughs> it's like he's not harder to coerce into uh doing Eli's thing. And like I said, Eli is either it's gonna go either one or two. Either either Eli is a new spirit of vengeance that we've never heard of, or he may be Zarathos and he's just having a new name. I think he's gonna be a new character though. I don't think they're gonna do the Zarus there's Zarathos Zerith- thing with this. And Zarathos. I don't know. I already said the Earth, Magneto. Magneto. You know me. Um, <laughs> um, as far as will I keep reading it? I will say that it really it ma- it made a good impact, and mainly because of the art. I will say it again: the art is really really good. However, the story does not hurt the art. The story is just as good. So yeah, I think it's it's like a pretty solid title. I, I think I'd keep reading it. Tony,
3: cool. can I can I ask you? How many jelly beans does this guy eat? Like per issue?
0: <laughs> I think last count was thirty-seven. He's 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 kind of poor. He eats like two a day. <laughs> okay, so he, do, he does he doesn't eat like wine glasses full of jelly beans or
2: whatever.
0: <laughs> yeah. He doesn't he doesn't tool around a tractor trailer rig. No, no. He's, he's, okay, he's, just checking. Sadly, he's not he's not uh, dating uh, Eva Mendes either, though. So, oh well. Give and take, you know. <laughs> so
1: uh, did, did anybody else uh, besides Tony and myself read the comic? Like, do does any, either of you guys, Justin or Mike, have any comments on all-new Ghost Rider?
2: Yeah, I read it. Um, kind of like you guys, like, I was like, uh, here we go again. Like, you know, the previous Ghost Rider series was not uh, Blaze or Catch. It was a, uh, a female and I was like, man, they didn't learn their lesson. They're going to give us a new Ghost Rider book, but it's going to be some other, like, schmo we're not going to care about. So, like, I kind of, like, begrudgingly gave it a chance just to see what it was all about because I did like the art um, for the previews and covers and stuff. And uh, I was wrong. I totally admit it. Like, it, it's, it's a lot of fun. Like Tony said, like, the art was what really pops out at you. And, you know, kind of like Derek, I like the relationship with, like, him and his brother, like him, like – you know, defending him and all that stuff. Like I, like I'm really on board with it. Like I think there's three issues out so far as of this recording, and like I've enjoyed all three of them. Like I'm, I'm curious to see like what's gonna happen. Like is this a new spirit of vengeance or like you know, like I will, I want to see him interact with uh, Blaze from uh, Thunderbolts. Like I think that would be interesting too. Yeah,
1: and and they did a nice job of recapturing a certain or a mystery behind the Spirit of Vengeance because I think you know you you read Ghost Rider long enough eventually it's like oh well who's the Spirit of Vengeance? Oh it's Zarathos, or oh it's Noble Kale or you know oh there are a bunch of angels or you know whatever determination they make on what the spirit of vengeance is. But now it's like I'm sitting there going, well, what's up with this guy? Like, who's he? And then it's like, his name's Eli? Like, he's the (laughs) guy from, like, Stargate Universe? Like, (laughs) who is he? Like, what's, you know, what's his deal? So, like, I'm uh, now I'm I'm sort of intrigued in that, you know, horrible, like, Wolverine cable. Like, what's the origin, you know, thing. So um, I'm looking forward to seeing how that all turns out as well
3: i I didn't read it, but yeah, like Justin, like I saw a bunch of previews, and like people have posted a few panels here and there, and like, yeah, like the art style looks excellent, like it looks right up my alley, like I like that really like stylized look that like lends itself well to action and
0: stuff yeah i I, I think one of the things that really helps this book is it has a really it has that nice horror vibe that you want from a ghostwriter book and you know most of this stuff takes place at night which is you know supposed to you know that makes sense i just like that i like i like when they do stuff that Fits in with the character, but they do a new take. So yeah, I, yeah, I was really pleased with this book. And,
1: and I think it also would, besides the horror vibe, like I think it also would play to the Fast and Furious crowd. You know, you've got the the races and the, the yeah. illegal racing at night, and the the little you know race girl hotties that are waving the the flag to go and all that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, so the, I could, the tricked out cars, all that. Yeah,
1: kind yeah, of that. I you know the nitro, like all that kind of stuff. Like I could totally see this appealing to to that crowd that enjoys those those films or anything like that. Yeah, the Busta's crowd, like (laughs) should should totally enjoy this uh comic book, you know, whether they've ever been exposed to Ghost Rider or not. So it's Miss
0: Marvel. That's Ms. Marvel to you.
1: Yeah, okay, cool. So I I think we'll move on from all-new Ghost Rider. The next comic up on the docket was suggested by Justin Barber, so I'm going to let him go into what comic he chose for Tony and kind of what it's all about, and then we'll kind of do another round here. So take it away, Justin.
2: All right. The next comic up I chose is uh, called Miss Marvel, and it is written by G. Willow Wilson and penciled by Adrian Alphona. And, you know, every now and then it seems like Tony will choose something or bring up something that's like the controversies or something. And I'll admit, like, I chose this comic because I genuinely like it and because I thought it might be a little controversial. But basically, uh, Miss Marvel kind of spins out of the fallout of uh, the events of Infinity. And um, I guess spoilers here. Um, Infinity kind of ends with. Black Bolt and Maximus destroying uh, their city of Atlan and spreading the Terrigen Mist all over like New York. And uh, the idea behind that is that there are secret, you know, humans who you know are living among us. They have the ability to become humans if they're exposed to the mist. And so basically, this mist spreads out, and a bunch of people, uh, basically, a cocoon, you know engulfs them and they get wacky strange powers and abilities um but uh this miss marvel is uh, following the character kamala khan she's a pakistani american and she's like 13 14 years old but she's like kind of a dorky uh teenager she's doing like her own avengers fanfic stuff on the internet and she's an avengers fan so she kind of like she kind of struggles with being a Muslim and also like being kind of a dorky kid and also like, you know, wanting to like fit in and go to parties. Well, uh, one night she sneaks out of her house to go to a party and that's when she gets engulfed in the terrigen mist and develops these powers and kind of assumes the Miss Marvel identity. And I'll turn it over to Tony now and he can give us his thoughts on the
0: uh, yeah, this is a interesting comic. When I first started reading it I immediately enjoyed Kamala. She's a very endearing kind of character. She's sweet, yeah, kind of bratty because she's a teenager. I mean, that's how teenagers are. And she's also uh, like, you know, Justin was saying, at odds with her religion and her culture, but wanting to be like, you know, a quote-unquote normal American teenager, you know. She she is Muslim, you know. She she doesn't have any problems with her faith. She just doesn't know how to fit in with her faith and be a, you know, modern teenager in uh you know New York City. I think the only thing that kind of threw me with this book, um, the art style is really good. Uh, the The writing is is pretty crisp and stuff. I'm just kind of, I'm just kind of off on her powers because she has kind of like Mister Fantastic powers in a way. They're a little different. Like she can apparently fly. She also can change her size and shape. She can like become really small or really big. But more often than not, she tends to use like these powers of elasticity, where she can make her fist really big and she can swing it like you know a big lasso with her fist on the end. And I don't know if uh, if the art style fits that. I think something more cartoony would actually kind of fit that more. And sometimes it's weird because the artist does do cartoony moments, but there's also some very realistic looking you know panels and stuff here. So that kind of had this weird uh, disconnect with me. I don't know if I would read this for the long haul, but I will say the story would like the Terrigen Mists and, you know, the fact that she is not a bad character. I mean, there's nothing to hate about her as far as like how she's written. I I mean, I I might give it a little bit of a go, read a couple more issues and see where it goes. But I don't know. There there was something here that I just kind of missed and I'm not saying, you know, there's anything wrong with it. There's just something it didn't hit with me. I don't know.
2: Well, that's fair. Um, Mike, Derek, did any of you did you guys uh, happen to read it either?
0: I I,
1: this is not a comic that I would have read of my own volition, but I did read the first four issues based on the fact that we were going to do this show, just you know, to check it out and be on the same page with everybody else. I just, I mean, the 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 best way I can put it is, I don't think this comic is for me. But I am curious, like, because like, I know you brought it up, like, because the comic is viewed as controversial, you know, uh, who the character is, you know, what her religious background is, all that kind of stuff. Like, what what has been the fallout? From like, I mean, uh, do people talk about this on the boards? Is it overwhelmingly positive? Is are there negative reviews? Are there uh, is, is there anything like it, it seemed to me like the end of the first issue, like where she went from being Camilla Khan to Miss Marvel, but like looked exactly like Carol Danvers. I like I figured that would like trigger like a string of controversy or something just in and of itself with people who are proponents of, you know, culture and all that kind of, you know, minorities, whatever kind of stuff and going, you know, it'd be like, I guess if like, you know, Tonto was running around and then all of a sudden he turned into a cowboy at the end of the issue. And it's like, what, you know, or, 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 you know, like the, the famous lines and like all the, you know, Kevin Smith movies where, you know, it's like, you saying we all want to be white, you know, and then they get all <laughs> pissed off, you know? And,
0: uh, Well, then there's so 60- like, there's a couple of interesting little things here like with that because I know Kamala says that that's what she thinks a hero should look like. And one of the little jokes – I, I know Justin probably called it this. I don't know if he caught this, Derek, because it took me a while to get to. too. She always says, why wouldn't you want to look like Miss Marvel? You know, That's what I think heroes look like. The blonde hair and the big boots. They keep saying big boots, but it's obviously they're talking about tits. Right, <laughs> the, the boots, yeah.
2: As, as far as like Fallout and controversy, like when this was announced – I mean, CBR, would, like, went crazy with people, like, saying, like, you know, how, like, unfair and, you know, unjustified and, like, everything else they can think of. Like, Marvel was doing this. They were doing it for just to be controversial or just to sell comics. Right. And then after the first issue came out, I think a lot of people kind of, like, read it and kind of – not all of them, of course, but, like, most of them, I think, kind of tuned into it. Like, it's fairly well received. Like, I've read reviews. I think the latest issue got, like – a f- Four-star review from CBR or something. Well, it doesn't like, hurt that
0: the writer is Muslim, so.
2: <laughs> yeah, you have got someone writing who actually knows what they're writing about. Um, I thought the interesting thing was like I read some of the letters in the letter the you know letters to the other section of the comic, and most of those were actually pretty positive and coming from you know people of color or different religion and they were like so uh, happy and pleased like one of them was like p- pleased and happy just to see another like quote unquote person of like brown color or as a superhero and i think one was from um you know someone who also kind of struggles with their stru- they were struggling with their religion and also trying to fit in kind of like Kamala so i guess you know this well, it may not be a comic for Derek. It's like a comic for you know other other people like who have you know different backgrounds. I guess.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I will I will say this: the Muslim aspects of her life and everything. I like how I will give the writer this kudos big time. I like how she included it as a part of the character, obviously because she is Muslim. But there was no beating it over the head, you know. She wasn't like, you know, Muslims are great, you know, America, like, you know, they don't understand. No, she just did a slice of life as what it is to be, like, a minority in America, and that she didn't beat us over the head with it. I thought that was really well done. I, I like that.
1: You I'm know? Not, I, I, given the issues that I read, I wasn't sure where all that was going, because when you start out, I, I feel like Camilla is relatable because – she wants to fit in in high school but it just seems like her religion and her culture is another added layer tacked on to that so kind of like what what justin was talking about like she's sort of a nerd she's like into avenger fanfics and stuff like that so i i just kind of got the idea you could tell this story without the character being a Muslim, and she still wouldn't be fitting in, per se. But then you throw that on top of it, and then it creates another layer to it where I wasn't sure if, at the beginning, it seemed like Camilla was a proponent of kind of like when people came over to America, they would assimilate, you know, they would change their names a little bit. They would all teach their children how to speak English, because that's basically the the native language of the country, whereas I think today there's there's a lot more tendency to have priority to the culture that you hail from, which there's nothing wrong with that. But I I find it interesting. It's like the struggle between assimilation and preserving your heritage. And so I wasn't sure if they were trying to say like, oh, well, is, is she wrong for wanting to fit in and assimilate a little bit? Like, I, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, but I'm kind of curious if that's where eventually it's going towards or not. Like, I don't know if the character's going to find a balance or if she's just going to lean one way or the other. Like, because it, it sounds like, you know, she tries to go out to these parties and do all this stuff, but then the people that she actually meets at the parties – They're a bunch of fucking dumb assholes who drink kegs and are stupid and nearly drown. So it's like you you start to wonder, well, why the fuck would you want to assimilate into stupidity? And if that's the case, to me it seemed like, well, the only thing that you could attribute that stupidity to is, you know, quote-unquote American stupidity. But... I, I don't know if that's me, you know, looking at the, the comic too closely or, or what, but I, I'm just curious what you guys think about that. Well,
0: I think the hero worship thing, you know, you also have to look at it this way. You know, it's kind of like a Hollywood trope, too. There's not a whole lot of, like, really strong female characters back in the day. Now that has changed a lot. There's a lot of strong female characters, but there's still not a lot of strong ethnic female characters. You've got, like, Storm. You've got, like, Storm. You've got, like, Storm, (laughs) you know? (laughs) You know, I mean, yeah, there are other, you know, I mean, you have, like, other characters who are female who are, like, you know, super-powered, but they're not top-tier as far as Marvel Universe. Like, Sabra, you know, the uh, Israeli super-soldier. She's pretty cool, but she's never really been a big player, you know? And, you know, when you say that, you know... You
1: would would think there, there would be some controversy inherent in the fact that, like, Psylocke started out as a British woman, and then she got you know, magically changed by the hand into an Asian woman, right? And I I don't know if there's any uh, cultural outrage about that or not, or just the fact that she looks cool and she's a sexy character or whatever. Like, I I wasn't sure if there was any... Well, I was was just wondering, like, did CBR explode with outrage that by the end of the... like, if you just took the first issue and that last page by itself without reading the rest of the issues and you were a proponent of preserving your heritage and culture all that kind of stuff and then like I was mentioning before then you see that character go from being you know a uh, what uh, whatever it was like a 15 year old Muslim Muslim girl to a you know nineteen 20 year old Miss Marvel with big boobs and white and blonde hair you know like is that what you consider assimilation like because it's not really but I, I I don't know like maybe that's just a teenager going through growing pains and not realizing what true, you know, balance between living in America and also preserving your heritage is, you know, like, I mean, it seems like her dad's a pretty nice guy. It seems like her brother's kind of kooky and and silly, you know, like with, you know, it sounds like he spends all day praying, but he's not actually out getting a job and the dad chastises him for that. It seems like the mother is very strict. And And kind of like, why are you going out with all those, you know, uh, you know, kids at the late night parties? Like, this is bad. Like, they're all dirty, evil, you know, (laughs) like, sacrilegious kids or whatever. Yeah, the
0: brother seems to be played almost like a joke character because he seems to delve into the Muslim religion not just because he is a faithful follower, but because it makes him different. You know, he's like in America, and he's like, I want to be the different Muslim. I want everyone to know my religion. He doesn't seem to do it. Just because of his faith, he seems to be played up kind of like you know a little uh like he's kind oh, of
1: it's just like it seems like he wants attention and also he kind of uses it as a crutch like of why yeah. he can't he can't get a job in a tough economic time it's like well it doesn't it doesn't fit in with my quote unquote you know religion thus i I cannot do this job because it's not pious or something like that yeah, and, and, of yeah. course, and of course the dad is like you know shut up like. You know, yes. you live under my house and all this other stuff. And, you know, he, I, I mean, you know. Yeah. But anyway, it's just there, there's some interesting things that are brought up, but I, I don't really read comics for that kind of stuff. But if you, you know, if people out there listening do, like, it does dovetail into all these different kind of issues and ideas and ideologies and
0: stuff. Yeah. To, to be fair, though, later on, she does come into her own and she does start just being Kamala, Miss Marvel. She She looks like herself and...
2: She yeah, her own costume and everything. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, she she grows out of that. That was just kind of like a reflex. I think she was like, "This is how you know superheroes are supposed to look." And then she's like, "No, I'm just going to look like me." You know, I, I think I think that's kind of an important lesson. You know, it's like she she had preconceived notions and then she kind of grew out of it pretty quickly because she was like, "I don't want to be that. I want to be I want to be Miss Marvel. I don't want to be Carol Danvers. I want to be my own Miss Marvel." Yeah,
1: you know? yeah. No, that, that's kind of, I guess that's what I was getting at. I don't know if I if I misled anybody, but the, I was just having visions in my head of what the reaction to the very first issue was had people yeah. not gone on to read issues like two through four, you know, like, like just that kind of knee-jerk reaction, which I, I don't think would be right because obviously you read the other issues and she does develop her own identity and, and her own costume. And like, like you're saying, Tony, her power set is, is almost evokes you know, Giant Man and and Wasp and different characters besides just Miss Marvel, too. And so uh, I'm just curious, like, are you thinking, like, are you looking forward, Justin, to the character, like, interacting with actual Avengers instead of these kind of fictional, I guess, fangirl Avengers she has in her head,
2: I guess? <laughs> yeah, I- I'm looking forward to that interaction. I know uh, one issue that was recently solicited had her, like... Uh, being uh, led around by Lockjaw, you know, the Inhuman dog. So, like, I'm I'm really interested to see her interact with, you know, Inhumans. I guess, like, yet another layer would be that, you know, now she's an Inhuman, so I guess you could add that layer on top of it being a young Muslim girl. Yeah, and
1: they seem to be be pushing the Inhumans at at Marvel Comics these days as, like, counter-alternative to the x-men i guess because probably you know fox has the movie rights to x-men and, and they want their own kind of hunted and persecuted uh comic book characters i'm guessing i don't, I don't know like that's my, my <laughs> yeah. suspicion that's the common that's the commonly held belief among comic fans that that oh, you know, so
0: fox has those mutants will make our own mutants damn it <laughs> yeah kind,
1: kind of and yeah. and I, I mean, being a long-time comics fan, the mist, you know, like it's it's very subtle. Like, I mean, I know Justin went into a kind of a, a very long and detailed explanation of how it sprung from infinity and how, you know, basically the details of the Inhumans, because he's a fan, like like we all are, but. If you read the comic, like you, you would never have to read Infinity to start reading this comic you, you yeah. wouldn 't even have to know what an inhuman was. It might actually uh, add to the mystery of of your yeah. reading experience if you had no idea what it was i mean I, I could imagine new readers coming to this book and reading the, the four issues and still not knowing why she has her powers. But us being long-time comic fans, you know, you see the, the you know, kind of end is nigh people with the, the signs about the mist or whatever, and you're like, oh, well, duh, she's she's an inhuman. You know, yeah. like, I mean, to, to to us it's pretty obvious. And, 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 yeah, like, like I guess to, to your standard reader, they might not even – clue you know, a new reader, they they might not even clue in on that in, until maybe it's absolutely positively spelled out.
0: Yeah, like if 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 you're a long time reader, like you said, you know, you know it's pretty much cherished and mist. But at the same time, they never say that in the first Issue. They don't have like somebody to swoop down and go, man. This Terrigen Mist is really going everywhere. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah, yeah. Or, or there's
1: no, there's no Claremontisms where it's like Terrigen Mist caption box. This is the mist that totally makes you an inhuman <laughs> and gives you you know superpowers that are very strange and that you know that that are from the blue area of the moon where they all live and blah blah blah. You know. Yeah, yeah. That, no that
0: exposition. Stuff. They leave it leave it kind of nice and mysterious because she doesn't know what the fuck is going on. You know. So, yeah. yeah,
1: and 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 that that actually may add to to a new readers' enjoyment. You know, there's there's a layer of of mystery that they're not really privy to. And I guess if you listen to this, we totally spoiled it. But you know, whatever. Sorry. Like that's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah. So I guess I don't know. Is there any other thoughts? Like, Mike, have you checked out this comic at all? Do you have any take on the 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 character designs or, or anything like that?
3: I've not read any of it yet, but I I, I have seen, like, some preview art and stuff, and I do like the art. Um, Am I to take it, I guess, what I've gathered from you guys, has she not actually interacted with the, like, actual, like, Captain Marvel, like, like Carol Danvers? No,
2: she's not
3: interacted with anybody, really, hardly at all. Uh, Okay, so... Okay, well, yeah, like, I mean... I guess I I'd go with Derek where I'd be like you know I don't think this comic is really for me basically like I think I think I'd need some kind of hook like I, I guess like uh like I, I'm not a teen. Obviously, I'm not a teenage girl. I'm not. I'm not Muslim. I'm not. Yeah. Like I'm not even really a fan of like. Well, I don't have anything against them, but I'm not like a like huge fan of like, Cap- like Captain Marvel's corner of the universe or the Kree or whatever. So you know, and or or like even the Inhumans. So I mean, I don't really have a
0: hook here. I so. I, I will say this. I I will give Justin credit on this for picking this book because. Most of us are kind of old school comic fans, and we kind of like the old days and stuff like that. I think this is a really good book to get somebody into comics who's not really read them. Because, like I said, Kamala is really endearing. You do like her. So, I think somebody who is not aware of all this stuff, like Derek said, you know, like how she got her powder stuff, I think they actually might be more into it than some of us old fuddy duddies who, you yeah. know, have been around comic mobs. Yeah, I,
1: I completely agree with that. I think I think they probably went out of their way to design this book for for that the elusive new reader. Like I mean, this, this seems like a textbook case of, of of a book that that is laid out like that. And and like Justin's saying, it does seem to be getting you know positive response in the the letters page and all that other kind of stuff. So so it's probably reaching out to people who probably wouldn't normally be reading comics, which is a good thing for the industry. So that's good.
0: Oh yeah. Even, even if it's not my cup of tea, new characters who get off the ground and sell books, hell yeah, that's always good. As a scientist, I must observe, study, learn, and fix things that arbitrarily
1: bother me. Cool, all right, so I guess that wraps things up for Miss Marvel. So we will move on to the final Marvel comic that our guinea pig was assigned tonight. Mike, why don't you let us know what comic you selected, and then we'll go into it a little bit. I guess
3: kind of contrary to, like, Justin and uh, you, like, I picked a book that has more of, less of a, like, new reader-friendly, like, feel, I guess, even though it is a new series and a new number one and all that. I, also, um, I also picked,
0: Mike cheated because he picked a book that has a character I already like.
3: Yeah, I was like, it already has its hooks in you, basically. Um, I picked for Tony uh, New Warriors to read, which is, I think it's the fifth volume now of New Warriors. That is, and, that uh, is correct. Yes, and uh, it's written by the ever reliable Chris Yost, who we pra- yes we've praised many times on this podcast, and uh, drawn by Marcus Toe. Um, it's basically it's it's a it's a continuation of several like plot threads from a bunch of places actually. Uh, probably like the the biggest plot like it continues from is from Scarlet Spider, which was Chris Yost's last like Marvel book. Where uh, the adventures of Kane and his uh, his sidekick uh, Araceli. If anyone doesn't know, like hey, Kane is. I, I, I actually got you this time. I actually learned
0: how to how to say it right.
3: It's oh, dude! I never Ar- found Ar- out. Yeah. It's Araceli. Ar- Araceli. Okay, that's that's cool. Like I never actually bothered to find that out. So
0: thank you. No.
3: But yeah, the, I, for anyone who doesn't know, like Scarlet Spider ended like at issue twenty five, and uh, you no, know, Kane is obviously the clone of Peter Parker, and. Uh, araceli is uh this teenage girl like that he sort of picked up as his like sidekick or his ward or whatever you want to call it over the course of his series and she's some kind of demigod from like mexico or like they haven't really explained what her deal is very clearly yet but hopefully if this series goes on a little while longer like we'll they'll get into that but um basically uh all the members of the team basically are, are supposed to be representative of a certain kind of superhuman in the Marvel universe. And uh that would bring me to uh the other like main plot point, I guess, that uh is picked up uh I would say that like Justice and Speedball, who uh have picked up from all the way back in Avengers when Avengers Academy was ending. They've gone on a road trip together, basically, and they're the, obviously, the two founding members of the New Warriors, so obviously, like, you know, they're the, the sort of touchstone for anyone who's ever read a New Warriors book, and, um, they've also kind of taken under their wing, uh, Sam Alexander, who is the new Nova, who has, also has, like, a new Marvel Now book that's been going, I think it's, like, almost at issue 20 now, uh,
0: yeah I've actually, we should' been uh, keeping up with it I know some of you guys didn't like it that much, but I actually kind of like the book it's much yeah it's much I do. we different.
3: we talked about it on another podcast yeah. and uh like like I think we all kind of were surprised at how much we all enjoyed reading it and you know I guess he he's he of course as as a nova you know he has also has a legacy with the new warriors, so you know he's also part of the team, and then you've got a bunch of like new characters basically or or mo- mostly new characters for the most part uh, there's a Sun Girl, who is basically just a human who is using, like, technology, like, sort of like a, you know, technology rig, sort of like the, I guess, like the Beetle or someone like that.
0: She she reminds me kind of like Turbo from the old New Warriors. Yeah, yeah, she's,
3: what do you call it? She showed up, I think, in uh, Superior Spider-Man team-up, like, initially, which Chris Yost also wrote. So that's where he introduced her. And then um, you've got... um, uh, I think the guy's name is Haichi is his, like, code name or whatever, but uh, he is he is basically the, the link to, similar to Ms. Marvel, like, he is the link to the Marvel Infinity event where he was affected by the Terrigen mists that were spread around, and he is the team's, like, de facto inhuman presence now, so... Uh, he seems. He, his powers kind of like, I don't know, like ill defined so far. It seems like he sort of absorbs energy and then, like, either redirects it or he can, like, change his body into certain things. And I don't, I don't know. It's kind of he like. He
0: can turn into a dog from Ghostbusters.
3: Yeah, pretty much. Yes, he can turn into a demon dog, yeah, somehow. but he, and, Nice uh,
1: doggy! Nice doggy!
0: He, he, he seems to be the prerequisite strong guy if it, if it yeah. looks like he's going to go anywhere. He's got a horn on his head and he looks
3: kind of freakish and whatnot. But you know, I'm sure he'll turn out. Yeah, like Tony said, I'm sure he'll turn out to be a mainstay of the team and whatnot. Uh, and then you've got um, Water Snake, who is basically who is an Atlantean uh,
0: yeah, and uh, Namora.
3: Yeah, is that her name? There's some. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Her name is. She called herself Namora, and uh, like basically, she's. Um, Speedball and Justice, when they meet her, like, later on in the series, they kind of, like, think she looks... She's pretty much a dead ringer for Namorita, or at least, like, you know, the green-skinned Namorita or whatever. So, like, I guess that'll be revealed, like, if, if the series continues what her deal is. And then, um, I'm trying to think, did I miss anyone?
0: Uh, let's see. Scarlet Spider, Araceli, uh, Justice, Speedball... Dog guy, um, no, I Sun think, Girl. Yeah, I and think then you. Water I think Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, he nailed yeah. it. Yeah. So yeah, like,
3: like I said, like each one of them is supposed to be kind of representative of a certain kind of superhuman in the Marvel universe. Like, you know, Scarlet Spider is a clone. uh Araceli is supposed to be some kind of demigod. You know, Haichi is a Inhuman. Sun Girl is a human. uh Justice is a mutant. Uh, water snake's an Atlantean and Speedball is just plain old Speedball. You know, Speedball's he's like
0: a, your, your classic superhero, yeah.
3: Yeah, he's like a Ditko. He's like, I don't know what he is, yeah, yeah, but but um in whatever case, like the main plot of the first arc at least, is uh the high evolutionary Woo! is trying to yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jonathan Frakes, who is smarter, <laughs> who is smarter than a two year old, yeah, is uh basically he's he's teamed up with the um what are they called? The Evolutionaries, I think.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I think it's like it, it was this guy, these people who originally hated mutants.
3: Yeah, I, I forgot what they were called. Like the either the evolutionaries, the evolutionaries or, or evolutionists, one of the two. Yeah, something like that. But yeah, their their whole deal is yeah they the, the they eliminate or the who kill people. <laughs> exactly, they eliminate anyone who isn't human, basically. And uh, the high evolutionary has teamed up with them because he kind of wants wants to set humanity on the right path again, and he he thinks like all these like sort of. Deviations of humanity have spun like the entire race into chaos and whatnot, and he wants to sort of purify like the the bloodlines and all that. And yeah, basically, he's he's kind of become sort of a douchebag. So. Yeah, he
0: even goes against his own creations. He kills. All yeah, exactly. I mean, he's no. like, yeah, I felt so bad because it seems
3: like he kills what's her name Bova, I know, like, right? The cow woman. Yeah, I was he like, oh Hulk man
0: quicksilver's bomb
3: <laughs> yeah exactly yeah i was like oh, like i was kind of depressed at that scene but but anyway yeah like um like uh, the obvious you know marvel coincidences and misunderstandings and events like these these characters all get together and just justice of course like sees this as a sign where he's like yo we're all like random like superheroes like all arriving at the same point this must mean we've got to form the new warriors again Speedball's, you know, like, all like, hells yeah! And, like, everyone else is like, "Eh." ehhh. Scarlet Spider's like, no, no. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Scarlet Spider's like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. (laughs) I'm not joining your stupid-ass team. Like, let's go. Like, like, we're getting out of here. We're going to Mexico.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I I, I felt like uh, that Justice was definitely playing the Cyclops to Scarlet Spider's Wolverine, you know, that they had a strong sense of animosity between the two, but that they were... You know, sort of forced to work together or whatever.
0: Yeah,
3: yeah. Definitely. The difference is, I like Scarlet Spider. Um. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Obviously, I like Kane a lot, but like, I don't have a problem with Justice either. So, you know, no, I, no. I, I, I look forward to seeing. Like, in fact, like, I think the most recent solicitations have like in it for issue eight or nine. It shows like Justice and like Scarlet Spider arguing on the cover, while while this giant like robot teddy bear or something, like, advances on them in the background. like <laughs> It says, like, Justice and Scarlet Spider don't like each other. So, of course, they have to have, like, a buddy, like, vacation or something together <laughs> or whatever. So, like, that looks pretty funny. But, yeah. Like, uh, you can already tell, like, the, the books, like, uh, as we said, like, Chris Yost is a reliable guy, great at team books. So, you know, you, you can already tell, like, how the team's, like, forming up and sort of, like, pe- connections are being made and, uh, you know, relationships are already starting, and, you know... Like, I, I think it's kind of funny that, like, it seems like uh, like uh Kane and uh, Namora sort of are bonding already, and, like, if, like, people are wondering if she's actually, like, a clone of Namorita or something, and uh, I'm kind of like, eh, the clones, like, are bonding
0: or whatever, so... Which, which he vehemently does not, uh, deny.
3: Yeah, yeah, so... Okay. You know, you, you you sort of, like, it's, a, it's more of a, a, um, like I said, um... Different from, like, Ms. Marvel and, like, Ghost Rider, this is more of a, like, traditional Marvel book, I guess, where you can, like, you can pick it up from issue one and still pretty much follow along, but if you read all this stuff that I've mentioned, like, already, it makes for a much, like, richer experience, and, like, you, you... Get to follow like the continuing adventures of these people that you might have like uh, been like read before, basically. Yeah, I mean, and it's, it's
1: even even you were saying, you know, yeah, there was a previous Scarlet Spider series, and you've got the Sam Alexander Nova series. But if you've been following Justice in Avengers Initiative, or if you've been following speedball when he was penance in the new thunderbolts and all the way back to when they dicked over the new warriors in civil war i mean there's definitely references and call outs to those plenty, events as well yeah. they don't they don't sort of forget any of that 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 it happened you know so yeah yeah
3: and, like, and Chris, and Chrisios is not shy about, like, referring back to continuity and all that. So, and, he, you know, he's one of those people who doesn't have to give you a whole, like, gym shooter-esque, like, page of stuff that happened to, like, you know, get you up to speed or whatever. <laughs>
0: yeah, plop, 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 yeah.
3: No, like, it's just simple stuff, like, you know, like, hey, you know, you kind of look like name Marita. Marita was our friend, you know, are you related to her? No, okay then, moving on, you know, like. Um, but yeah, but
0: would you like to say any more? Or should I give my no?
3: I, I guess I should. I've been talking yeah a long time, so oh, I, no, I, guess I guess I should ask involved.
0: you. I should ask you what you thought of it. Basically, um, I, I think one of the one things I really want to say is like, the first few issues. I'm not gonna lie; they just kind of muddled through a little bit. They weren't bad, but they just didn't really catch me at first. Um, there was a few things that were just like the original new warriors when it first came out number 1 putting up putting them up against an incredibly powerful villain the original new warriors fought terax in their first outing these guys get to fight like you know the high evolutionary so that's cool that's always good to put like the uh the new team up against someone who is just badass and you you got to put them through their paces um the evol- high evolutionary is also being a very good villain i enjoyed how it was written how he's kind of changed his way of going. Uh, one thing we didn't mention is one of the reasons he's doing this is the sentinels—not sentinels, but the celestials—are coming back, and he wants them to judge humanity correctly. And if you don't know who the C- celestials are, they're these giant, huge robots from outer space who judge planets, and if they don't judge right, everything's done. So you them lo- down.
1: They're like what clone saga. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Your planet toast, <laughs> yeah. toast. The 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 thumb of Eridium. When he points down, you're done. Uh, but I will say, even though it did, didn't really connect with me at first, the latest issue totally got me. There was so much good humor, and they really pulled it together. They like had to kind of go through this big fight to bring everybody together. And this was this was the character building issue. This is the one I really enjoyed. This is the one with, like, Namora getting kind of, you know, bitchy about being called Namorita. This is the one where Araceli, sorry, spoilers, reveals that she's starting to get a crush on Speedball because she can read his mind. And she's like, you're penance. You're kind of dark and creepy. He's like, get the fuck out of my head. You know? That was a great scene, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah.
3: Where she was, keeps, she keeps was... seeing him as penance. Yeah. And it's was... like, please don't read my mind. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, it,
1: it's nice that there's not, I mean, you know, Speedball's definitely trying to get past that part of his life. And I think in the first couple issues, I know Tony was saying it's kind of a muddle through, but I did kind of appreciate the idea that Stanford happened and and these events, he's not sweeping them under the rug, but that these characters are moving on with their lives and it's not just going to be dictated by this event that happened you know, for us, many years ago, and yeah. and but conversely, at the same time, it is nice that underneath all that kind of swagger and moving on, it, it, there's still the consequences of of what had happened and 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 that part of his life that he you know he kind of has buried, but it, it's not it, it's not removed. You know, like that's still yeah. always going to be a part of him.
0: Yeah, and I never really liked Penance when he turned into Penance because. At first, it was kind of an interesting idea, but they started writing him really douchey and kind of like, you know, cutting myself because I'm so sad. But I'm glad they moved on to, like, how he is now, but he still has that in his past. It it fucking happened. I mean, there's no way around it. And one thing I've always liked about Speedball when they put him in New Warriors is he's always taken as a joke character, but there's always someone who's like, dude, this guy is really fucking powerful. He just doesn't know it yet, you know? (laughs) It's like, he's got these abilities that, like, you know, because... I think what people don't understand about Speedball is like, yes, he's the guy with bright glowing orbs around. I mean, he bounces around like a fool, but he can control kinetic energy. That could be as big as controlling magnetism if he learns how to do it right. I mean, does that make sense, or am I just like looking too much into it? Oh. No, 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 Yeah. You know, he just doesn't know how to do it. He's still young, you know? I, I think we're leaving out one of the biggest characters who I am now in love with, Mr. Waffles. <laughs> <laughs> The uh, new warriors' base of operations now is uh, is basically the area that uh, the high evolutionary had for his home base in the Wondegore Mountains, and there was two animen left, new men, new men, and uh, they're a cat and a dog, and it, it just perfect characterization. The cat is an asshole, <laughs> and the dog is very friendly, and he 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 just wants friends, and the cat's just like, hey, you kill you in your sleeps, <laughs> you know? And again, that's that humor. I, I I like a book that's serious but still has good humor. And like I said, it started off kind of slow for me. I wanted to like it because I like New Warriors. I've always liked New Warriors. Me and me and Brian have always been secret brothers on that. But they they nailed me with issue four, and I'm I'm going to keep reading it. I I think they really uh, not only put their hooks in me from the premise, but on issue four, I'm like, okay, this is this is actually turning into a good team book. So I was very happy. Like where it's going now?
1: Yeah, I I think I enjoyed the part where Sam Alexander's like, Dude, guys, we've got to stop Herbert. He's getting away. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's his name,
3: Herbert. (laughs)
1: Yeah, it is. Yeah,
3: the high evolutionary name is Herbert. And The high evolutionary is like even a two-year-old could tell you that I'm going. To, I'm going to get away. <laughs>
1: You're
0: not going to catch me here. I'm the villain of the series. Come on. Well, well, Justin, we've kind of left you in the dark here. Did you actually read New Warriors, or was it kind of like with Mike, you weren't really interested in it?
2: Um, I read the first issue, but it didn't. It didn't really grab me. I mean, even though I had been reading Scarlet Spider, you know, religiously along with Mike, like I. I don't know. It just wasn't enough to keep me reading month in and month out. Like, Scarlet Spider, I like, guess, is the only character I really care about. Like, I'm not that crazy about Nova, I, or this Nova. I've never been that huge on Speedball. Like, Justice, I like him, but it's like when he's, you know, with the Avengers or, you know, whatever. Like, the other characters, I just kind of don't care about. So, I don't know. I, I guess I'm on the outs here because I've never been that huge of a New Warriors fan, really, but. I mean, yeah. it was well, okay.
0: I, I, I would suggest reading up until issue four, because like I said, issue four turned around for me, and I'm actually a New Warriors fan. Because I was kind of like you. The first few issues didn't really connect with me. They were they were good in my eyes, but they still just didn't catch me. And if you read up until issue four, and at issue four you're like, no, I'm still out of it, then I would totally understand it. But I can't disagree with you about the first few issues, because they weren't – again, they weren't bad. They just didn't grab me. And this last issue really grabbed me and just like, you know – made me want to read more about these guys.
3: I think you mean uh, Issue 5. Is it 5? Oh, yeah, that was, that was like the last one. Yeah. Oh, okay. That was the one that actually had art by Nick Roche, who we might know from like Transformers, like Last Stand of the Wreckers and all that. So That I might help well,
0: too, because I'm a big Nick Roche yeah. fan.
3: <laughs> yeah, I thought that was kind of cool that he got some work off the back of that like Death's Head one shot or whatever. So
0: Yeah. Yeah, I would definitely suggest reading up to like the latest issue. I mean, you don't have to, obviously, but I, I think it might turn around for you. But if it if not, it might be just like me and Miss Marvel. You just might not connect with it, and just not not your not your not your bag, you know.
1: Yeah, nothing wrong with that. Sometimes things are not people's cup of tea. But I think I think that pretty much wraps up our discussion on make. Tony, a Marvel zombie. The operation. I don't know, Tony. What do you think? Was the operation a success? Are you going to keep reading or trying out some more Marvel comics, or or are you just going to keep reading Batman
0: Eternal and say, yeah? <laughs> Been pissed just enough eternally. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, as far as what I read, um, none of them were bad books. Even Miss Marvel, even though I don't know, I don't think it's my cup of tea. I think I'm going to try a couple more issues to see where it goes. The other two books, I mean, I hate to say this, but I accepted Mike's request because I was already reading New Warriors. I'm sorry. But uh, as far as Ghost Rider, I was very surprised by it. I was really happy with it. So I can at least say for the next few months, I have three new comics I'm going to be reading on the reg. So I would say the operation was a success.
2: Woohoo! Yay! This is the end of the trail for me. I got nothing left.
0: All right.
1: So, since this is a proper podcast, we're going to get to do one of our normally scheduled segments, which is our awesome thing of the week. So, I'm going to go around and ask each of the fan holes what is awesome in their world this week. So, I'm going to start with Tony. Tony, my man, what is awesome in your world this week?
0: My awesome thing. Uh there's been a lot of stuff coming out. Um I would say probably a lot of the BotCon reveals were kind of nice. There are some toys that are better than others. I actually saw them right before the podcast. Me and Mike were talking about them. There's some new toys coming out like Brainstorm and uh, RC and Chromia that look pretty good. There's some that are kind of eh, and there they're, they are what they are. But by and large, it was it's, it's always good to see some classic characters I love redone in plastic goodness and... I'm still waiting on Roadbuster, so getting Brainstorm later on is just a double plus. So, uh, yeah, BotCon reveals. Don't know about the con itself, but, yeah, I was happy to see some new stuff coming out from uh, Hasbro and uh, look look forward to not getting it in my stores and ordering it off Amazon.
1: So. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. we'll definitely have uh, whatever we can put on the spindle if it's out by then. Staring me on my Skype screen is a very, very pissed off, Mike with a gigantic Decepticon sword, so I, I'm, I'm fearing for my life. I figure I should ask him what his awesome thing of the week is before he cuts my head off. It's the
3: Energon Power Sword, and I got it at KB Toys when it was going out of business.
0: <laughs> for $4 an it. Yeah, it's like, is
3: your life worth like three ninety
1: nine, Derek? <laughs> <laughs> probably not, probably not.
3: Do you fear the clashing lights and sounds, which I, don't actually exist because I didn't put batteries in it? <laughs> little, little
1: known fact: uh, I'm probably allergic to Nerf. You could probably murder me with Nerf. So,
0: <laughs> <laughs> <Nice>.
1: <laughs> sweet.
3: Oh, uh. uh, my awesome thing of the week is. Um, I got another of the Gundam, the origin like graphic novels the other day, and I like blew through it. And it's more of, I guess, it's more of uh, what the animated version is going to be, like the stuff that they didn't actually like that they added into the story, which is like all the flashback stuff. And it's it's pretty cool. It's like it's like it follows like Char going through like Zeon Military Academy. And like becoming friends with like Garma and stuff and then there's a lot of like backstory about like Amaro too, like like his father dragging him everywhere while he's like working on the Rx like seventy eight project and stuff. And like uh like I was kinda like the first volume when it started these flashbacks, I was kinda like, Man, if they're gonna animate this, they gotta like add in some like I guess like mobile suit action because it was basically all like characterization and like the like the people moving around and like this volume definitely had more like mobile suit action because they had Ramba Roll, uh, the Black Tri Stars and like Char like uh, getting like these prototype Zaku's and they go and like like the the Federation's all like oh this mobile suit thing will never take off like but you know just in case we made these like stupid like prototype like gun cannons or whatever. And like they, there's like twelve gun cannons, and they take on like Grand and the Black Tri Stars and Char, and they're like Proto Zaku's, and like they get demolished and stuff. And then the Federation's like, oh crap! Like here you go, like Mister like t- uh, Mister Ray, like here's here's all your funding, like make us an invincible mobile suit or whatever. So
0: you're, you're like but, you're blowing my mind because you're talking about Gundam stuff, but it's Gundam stuff I actually know about. I'm just like
3: my yeah. own. <laughs> No, nah, it's what, it's cool. Like, I I hope all this stuff, like, gets animated, because it's really, like, interesting and whatnot.
1: What volume is that, the one that you...
3: I think up it's up? 7 now. Okay. It's, like, 7 out of either 10 or 12, but... It's, like, 6 and 7 are, like, all new material, basically, like, that, like... And I'm hoping, like I said, like, this is what those, like, upcoming OVAs are going to animate, okay. so... Okay. But, yeah, I enjoyed it quite a bit. And uh, also, another thing, uh, just to mention briefly, I haven't watched it yet. But I Is also it an honorable it. mention? Yes, <laughs> it is. Um, I also received the uh, complete uh, uh, Transformers animated series, like, on DVD, the, uh, in the same, like, Amazon shipment. So, like, I liked that series. Like, you know, that that was a pretty good cartoon and like, I'll probably watch some of it maybe like soon. So I, I I still
0: say probably the most underrated Transformers cartoon. Yeah.
3: I, once you get past like, Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, like once you get past like the cartoony designs, it's very well written and stuff.
1: I was just going to say as informational thing for anybody listening, I picked up the same set. Supposedly that complete, Transformers Animated is supposed to be an Amazon exclusive, but I had pre-ordered it from Shout Factory like a long time ago. And then I just sent them an email when I had read a press release about it being an Amazon exclusive and they decided, you know, they just said, Hey, we're going to honor our pre-order. So I, but I, I think it actually is supposed to be an Amazon exclusive. So you probably can only get that complete one from Amazon.
0: I would just like to announce that FanHolds has officially been bought out by Amazon.com. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, I just—I'm I'm just saying, if somebody's looking for it, you know, after listening this, you know, and they're like, "Why isn't it in the store?" You know, that just—oh, oh, yeah, I
0: know. I just, we, we, we pimp Amazon a lot, though, and it, it's just because Amazon gets the shit we want. That's the only reason.
1: Yeah. yeah. So, all right, uh, moving on. Uh, Justin, my man, do you have an awesome thing of the week, and let us know what it is.
2: I have two awesome things. Uh, the first one is a book. It is uh, The Perks of Being a Wallflower by Stephen Chobsky, I think that's how you pronounce it. And um, I'd, I had watched the movie sometime last year and thought it was great, and I just decided to read the book just for giggles and kicks. Yeah, and, I thought about to say, it
0: was a movie. I, I thought the movie was really good.
2: Yeah. Uh, well, basically, if you've seen the movie, you've read the book because they are that similar – uh, there 's not really that many differences there 's maybe a few very tiny like subplots that have been removed, I guess for timing and stuff but but basically if you 've seen the movie you 've read the book um, but I really enjoyed the movie and I read the book I read the book in like maybe three hours. It was only two hundred and sixteen pages I guess like I flew through it i thought it was I thought the book was great. Um, I think the movie is great too. So if you don't if you don't want to invest time in reading, then I would also recommend you know check out the movie. The movie is quite good. The second thing is, and maybe Tony will back me up on this because we discussed it on Bot Talk uh, playfully. I watched uh, the Disney movie Frozen, and I really enjoyed it. I know you know there, there had been a lot of hype and internet shenanigans, craziness, memes, and so such and so forth around it. So, I figured I would give it a try, and I actually enjoyed it. And I hadn't, I've not seen a Disney movie in a long, long time. But I really enjoyed it, and I, you know, I enjoyed several of the songs in it as well. So, if you like Disney movies, or just, you know, if you're in the mood for a really nice, you know, kind of family animated film, I suggest Frozen. I liked it.
0: I, I will say that if you listen to the songs separately and are really tired of the whole, like, let it go, all that bullshit watch the movie and the song really flows much better in the story and you get a sense of why that song was so popular and yeah it's it's a good animated movie i i really enjoyed it myself i thought it was really good don't don't let the meme hate taint you my friends don't let the meme hate taint you
1: <laughs> too late <laughs> <laughs> all right cool um so just for me i um i have to admit that I am now hopelessly addicted to Ultra Act figures. That is going to be my awesome thing of the week. I think I've bought like seven of them by now. <laughs> I, I this basically ago. <laughs> like I I I think what did it was I I was really impressed with the Mega Monster Battle Ultra Galaxy movie that introduced Ultraman Zero, and when I saw that, I ended up going to a local. Hobby shop here in San Jose called uh, Tatsu Hobby and they had a version 2 Ultra Act of Ultraman Zero. So I grabbed that, which was pretty awesome. And then, of course, our good buddy, Kevin Rich, Professor Smooth, or a.k.a. uh, Shumi Nagamuro, the hobby drifter. He was kind enough where we did a a nice little swap where he sent me a couple different Ultra Acts, like Ultra 7 and Jonius, and I grabbed him the legacy... I, I don't even know what it is. The legacy... Morpher or whatever the yeah yeah the, Power
0: Rangers one yeah yeah
1: so so he was he was looking for that Toys R Us exclusive thing that he couldn't get over in Japan and I was looking for Ultra Act figures so yeah and then I you know I kept going back to that hobby shop as well and grabbing whatever they had so I'm pretty much into those I really enjoy them and that's my awesome thing for the week.
0: Well, I mean, of, I course, was, of course, of course, that's Ultraman. So I mean,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and that film though was really awesome too. That
2: yeah, the, um, that's a great film.
1: Mega monster battle, <laughs> Ultra Galaxy. Like if you like Toku or Ultraman, or hell, if you just like like. I don't know Doomsday and Green Lanterns and I don't know what like it's just it's and it's a bazillion super,
2: Ultraman
1: yeah 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 it's it, or like Doctor Who and twenty million Doctors teaming up together like all <laughs> it's just it, you know it just evokes all that kind of stuff like it's, I, it's it,
0: it almost it almost sounds like you and Justin may talk about this on a Toku uh, Thursday's one time
2: <laughs> yeah yeah
1: it, it's entirely possible but yeah there's there's mega mega fan service in that movie so that's I think what got me really pumped and hyped for all the the Ultra Act items that were being released. So, yeah, cool. All right, so I guess that wraps up all the FanHoles awesome things of the week. We hope you enjoyed listening to this FanHoles proper podcast. If you have any comments, questions, suggestions, angry emails, happy emails, sexy emails, I don't know, whatever, you know, you want to spam us, It is our address, FanHolesPodcast at gmail.com. You can, of course, always check out all our podcasts, sideshows, sidecasts, blogs, top ten lists, all that kind of good stuff over on FanHolesPodcastBlogspot.com.
0: Hey, Derek, are we also on Stitcher?
1: We are on Stitcher Radio. We're totally on Stitcher Radio, Tony. We're also on iTunes. If you have an iTunes account and you haven't left us like a five-star review saying how awesome we are, you should probably get on that. We are on Tumblr. We are on Twitter. We are on Facebook. We appreciate all the positive Likes we get on Facebook all the time. We're actually on Google Plus somehow, I think. Uh, and and pretty soon, hopefully, by the time this airs, we, we may be transitioning. We're actually not on Blip anymore, uh, at least the FanHoles podcast isn't. We were one of those uh, victims of the uh, Blip uh, implosion, I guess. So the FanHoles Blip account will be probably gone by the time you guys hear the this. great Blip purge yeah yeah so so i guess we'll we'll also be moving on probably to a youtube account by the time you hear this so you know check out some of the videos and stuff we do on there so until the next time this is going to be derek derek wc signing off i am eli the spirit of vengeance <laughs>
3: hey, it's mike then do we this is justin
0: And this is Tony. Um, I got a question. Since I'm a Marvel zombie now, can I still apply for a Foom fan club membership or is that really too old? It's never too old. (laughs) Framed of old Marvel. Foom! God God. damn, that's 1970s out the ass, (laughs) sorry. Namaste. <laughs>
3: Namaste. <laughs> you know, at the end of that, like, New Warriors, like, that first storyline, I, I thought, like, you know, they were going to corner the high evolutionary and you, they were going to be like, why would you try to kill us, Herbert? And he was going to, like, turn to the audience and be like, was this story of me, the high evolutionary, <laughs> like, trying to kill you? Like fact? Or maybe you're just high.
0: <laughs> Let's find out. By the way, I happen to have these high evolutionary action figures. If you would like one. <laughs> he carries I know, he's like,
1: he's like handing out the high evolutionary figure to Sam Alexander, patting him on the head and then moving along.